Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Outside Shots. I'm Saul Bookman with my man EJ, Eddie Johnson. Uh, waves to everybody. Uh, people on audio can't see that, Eddie. Hi. <laughs> All right. Uh, mid-season form, as we can see. Um, uh, we got a lot to get into today. It's going to be kind of a palate cleanser, if you will, because we don't really have a lot of uh, NBA talk today. So we're going to throw a couple things at the wall and see what sticks. I'm sure something's going to stick, and it's probably going to be in the second segment, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But we finally had a, a little bit of some visuals of the, the Suns getting together, working out. Um, at an undisclosed location. I'm sure somebody knows where this is at, but I don't. So uh, you see Devin walking see. out. Let me see. It, oh, I, it's, not, it's, not, it's, that, it's not Phoenix. It's not NAU. I don't think that's NAU. Um, well, it's on a campus. Maybe it's USC? It's on a campus. Maybe it's in LA? It's in California, man. Come on. Look at it. Look at it walking. Like in Phoenix, you don't walk that slow when it's 111 degrees. That's true. You're trying to get the heck up out of here. That's true. But so then, you know, that yeah, was they're Devin cruising. Then, Look, they're cruising. Here comes uh, Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal just walked by. Um, you know, and, and and credit to the guy that did this video. If you haven't seen it, you can just go to Twitter. It's everywhere. Um, but the guy was very respectful. He wasn't bombarding these guys. He knew that they were coming out, but he was he was super cool about it. Um, but you see, Bull Bull coming out. That's uh, Kevin Young, the assistant coach, is coming out as, uh, along with them. So though it looks like the the coaches, uh, Miles Simon comes out a little bit later. Um, I, I, listen, I, I think this is a tremendous thing. Uh, in addition to that, uh, finally, uh, to, to, to kind of, uh, squash all the, the rumors about DA not, you know, working out with his guys, um, later on in this video, Deandre Aiden, uh, does show up and, um, so he was working out with the fellas and Hey, it's, it's really dope. Uh, also that was a little bear down action there for all you wildcat fans. Um, so, you know, listen, there, there goes D.A. coming out of there. So, hey, listen, I think this is uh, this is good that, you know. Now, you know they're not in Phoenix. No. You're not coming no. out with your shirt off in Phoenix. No. Because, no, no. I mean, yeah, come on, I play golf all the time. I'm getting dark as I don't know what. You know what I'm <laughs> so, no way you're doing that. No, look, I wish we had video back in our day. This is not unusual. Like, this is not unusual at all. Uh, historically, players, teammates get together, they work out, uh, they go play. That's our livelihood. That's all we knew, play ball. 
So it's not, I know people look at it and they, oh, no. Yes, the camaraderie and all of that, great. But this has gone on forever, especially with the very good teams, the teams that really have ambition, have good leadership. It's been going on forever. Okay. And so I'm not shocked by it. Uh, and, you know, obviously California is the place to be uh, during the off season. Uh, that's where I was because uh, I first started my career in Kansas City. I was in L.A. training, playing with Magic every day, you know, and playing ball at UCLA. So it's it's what they do, man. And I think they're on a mission too, though. Yeah. I agree with that. They, there's a lot of pressure on this team this year. Yeah. When you have three world-class basketball players on one team, and then DeAndre Ayton is capable of becoming the fourth, you know, at a high level. Uh, you have it. You have expectations, and and so I'm not shocked. I uh, yeah, no, I, I'm glad you kind of sent, mentioned that about the expectations. Um, there is no way in the world that this team doesn't have uh, you know a weight on its shoulders from these expectations. Whether you want to, you know. You want to, you know, acknowledge it or not, like, especially within that group, they understand what's on the line. There's a lot of money that's being paid to a lot of these players. Um, they have maxed out everything roster wise and uh, and cap wise. And the expectation is, is that they're going to bring a championship at some point within the next couple of years. And that's that's an expectation. That's not and you can't you can't try to skew this any which way you can't try to, you know, put it off and say, well, you know, uh, well, you know, people don't expect this and they don't expect this from this player and whatever. And so people are underestimated. No, th this team is not being underestimated. I think a lot of people don't think that they can win the championship. Not a lot of people, but there's a, a group of people out there that, that don't think that the Suns are the favorites to win the championship. And that's fine. That's always debatable as to who's the favorite, but to say that there's no expectation and there's no pressure on these guys is ridiculous. I think they absolutely have pressure on them to win a title like they have to win a title in the next couple years um and i think it's okay i think they embrace that challenge you know i know devin booker and kd do i know bradley beal does uh, i think this group has has been there they've had expectations for the last three or four years and now they're in a position where they can actually capitalize on that expectation and hopefully raise a banner for the first time in franchise history look that's why you play i mean you grow up, you love the game, it's all you know. Uh your your really your 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 place, your your sanctuary is between the lines. Two baskets. That's the beautiful part about basketball. It doesn't take a lot to engineer a game. There's two baskets, man. Two baskets and draw some lines. And if you don't have any lines, go out there with chalk like I used to do back in the day and draw lines. I mean, it's a simple sport to be able to, to commit and have a game, unlike baseball. Not easy to generate a baseball game like that. Yeah. Not easy to generate a football game like that. Not easy to generate a hockey game like that. No, basketball is just so easy generated and it's, that's why you fall in love with it. And look, these guys making a ton of money. They have a great life, but it's not all about that, man. It's about playing ball, man. Yeah. That's why they got to the point to where they sit now financially is because of all the love that they put into the game. And the ultimate thing is to win. Like, they want to win, and, and they're going to try to put themselves in position. Uh, you got a champion in Kevin Durant that's, you know, on this team, leading this team. Uh, Devin Booker's gone to a finals. 
So it's like they have the experience now. This is not about no experience, lack of experience. No, I know the bench is kind of green in that regard, right? You got a lot of guys that have been brought together, but I think you have quality, mature uh, players that can add to this team that the Suns added to this roster. And so you should be excited. You should be excited for the season. I, I Sometimes I sit up, man, and I'm not kidding you, like – I look at these guys and I look at them working out all the time and all of that. And it's so funny because I remember <clears throat> I played 18 years professionally. For the life of me, I don't know how I did it. Like, I don't know how I did it. Like, when I watched them and I watched the energy that you – because when I was in it, I didn't realize the energy I was putting in, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And now when I watch it, I get tired watching it because it's like, <laughs> did I do that? Like. Yeah. I mean, seriously, man, yeah. like the way I trained uh, and I didn't have a trainer. I trained on my own, like the way I trained and then just playing till I was 18, playing through injury, knowing I was getting older, still pushing myself to play. Man, I just don't know how I did it. Mm. I'm serious. I don't. And they don't either. Like they don't understand because of the love that they have for the game. It pushes them forward. Yeah. And that's the difference. When you're out of the game, you're like, <sighs> Please, I wouldn't want anything to do with that. And I haven't. I played one or two years after so, I retired, and I haven't touched the basketball so, since. So, you, I mean, I know you work out every day, um, but obviously we're talking about different kinds of workouts when you're talking yes. about NBA workouts. Do you ever miss the NBA workout? Like just, you know, the drills and, and working on your, your shot and all those yes, things? I miss I miss getting better, man. Yeah, yeah I miss getting in the gym uh, and just competing. That's the one part I do miss. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't miss – what I had to do to myself to get to the point of competing at a high level. Like I had to get up, I'd get up, ride my bike 12, 13 miles, get off. I'd run two, three miles. I'd run sprints, get on my bike, go to the YMCA. Uh, that was my home up there on Shea in Scottsdale. In, in Scottsdale, people, if you want to go look at the Museum of Eddie at the YMCA. Oh my God. <laughs> the Museum of Eddie. <laughs> I go to the Y, I work out with with 50-something-year-olds, and here I am, like, in my late 20s and 30s. I enjoyed that environment. They had a gym. I go in the gym. They knew when I went in there, nobody else was coming in there. I go in there and get my workout in. I get on my bike, ride back home. I'm done. And you're talking five to six hours later Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. every day. And I enjoyed doing it because I knew the result of what I was doing was going to be positive once I got between the lines. Yeah, yeah. And that's what pushed me. Uh, but you know, when you sit back now and you're done and you're watching it, you're like, damn, did I do that? Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's, it's crazy, man. When, when you, um, so your last season in the NBA was with the Rockets. Mm -hmm. Um, when you were done with that season, did you know you were done, done? Or were you still like maybe hoping that you would stick around one more year or whatever? I mean, I had to be honest with myself. Mm -hmm. Physically, I knew I was in trouble because it was just certain instances on the court that I just could not compete. Mm-hmm. I could not move. I could not do some things. And I wasn't mentally tired. I, my body just started to change. No matter what I did, it, I could just see my body starting to change. And me knowing that, uh, and then obviously my role changing and not playing as much, uh, people looking at me differently, that part got to me. Mm-hmm. And so that's what makes it difficult. Uh, but 
I could have played two, three more years. I had teams trying to sign me after I left Houston and I was 40 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, no, I can't do it. Mm. I just mentally, I just would not be able to do it. And, and so you get to that point. It's funny. So we, you and I have two obviously way different experiences playing basketball because <laughs> you played professionally. I did not. Um, I think that's the one thing that I would say that I miss is that I, for me, I didn't know the last time would be the last time. Um, you know, so I, I played in, in, in junior college at South Mountain Community College. Mm-hmm. And the last game we had was against Arizona Western. And I remember it vividly. And in, in the first half I played, um, and then me and the coach got into it because we got into it all the time because the coach was kind of an idiot. Um, and uh, I sat the bench basically the whole second half. But I had a scholarship to go to Sonoma State, mm-hmm. up in, you know, a Division two school up in Northern California. I got up there. Things didn't work out. I came back. I tore my ACL, uh, you know, playing pickup ball. Mm-hmm. And that that was essentially it. Yeah. And I think the one thing that I always think about is just like I didn't realize that like team sports meant so much. Yep. And, and I didn't appreciate it at that time. Um, but because it was basically taken away at that moment, like that was it. And yeah. then I joined the military a year later and that's all she wrote. And it so, hurts. no, it hurts yeah. Too, man. Yeah. And that's, I, I would say that that's the number one thing. I loved going to the gym. I loved going to the park, you know, Kiwanis park, shout out to, to Tempe um, every night when it, you know, in the summer when it was a hundred degrees outside, but it was at night. So you can tolerate it a little bit more mm-hmm. and go out there and work out. But I just loved playing, playing, working out, working on your shot. Like it was just, it was, it was uh, an obsession almost. You know what I mean? And so um, it's cool to see these guys get together um, and do this, you know, a month plus before the season, before training camp even Mm -hmm. opens up. Um, They have to though. So that's the other key, right? Like it's nothing like NBA shape. It's a lot of levels of basketball. It's nothing, the shape that you're in, when you're playing in the NBA and you're going that 82 game plus marathon, mm-hmm. your body is at pristine shape. Like it's it, the feeling, that is the one thing I miss, right? Mm-hmm. I could never get that again. Like no matter what I do, like working out, doing all the stuff that I even try to do, I will never get to that pristine feeling when I played in the league. Your body, I'm telling you, is like a freaking machine, man. It is at the highest level. And those guys, they, 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 they love that and they crave that because they understand they have to get there. And whatever they fall back to when they have their off season and maybe they're not doing it as much, they know it's difficult to get back to it. So that's why they get an early jump on it to see if they can get back to it before training camp starts and not during training camp. Are you saying this because you've tried to find like something that would match it? As soon as I was done. When I was done playing, I tried to match it, right? I I got back to steel riding my bike. I took some classes, exercise classes. I was going every day. But the other additive that you have to add to all of that is actually being on the court and running up and down, playing at NBA level, Mm -hmm. not going me going to the Y messing around, Mm -hmm. right? NBA level where you're trying to keep up with that speed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you, you know, you got a fast car and all of a sudden you downgrade and you think you can still ride with, run up against a Porsche and stay there with it. Yeah. No, yeah. not happening. Okay, no, you downgrade it. And that's exactly what happens. And it's a scary feeling. Uh, you become a hypochondriac. 
calling the doctor all the time. <laughs> because what yeah. happens is your body starts to change because your body is craving the push. Yeah. And now you're not pushing your body and your body is like, what is wrong with you? Like, what are you doing? And so now the aches and pains that were masked because you were in such great shape, all of a sudden now take over mm -hmm. because you're not masking it with being in great shape. And all of a sudden wow. you start to feel stuff, man. And like, what the, what, what is that? And it gets worse. Like, it's like a downhill spiral. <laughs> it's almost like coming off drugs. Never been on drugs, but you hear the stories, right? Sure. Yeah, it's yeah. like coming off drugs. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what it is, man. And it's not a good feeling at all. It's weird. Yeah, well, tried living that for the last 25 years. Uh, it's, uh, man, that's, that's, dude, that's great perspective. Like, I've never really heard that. Uh, in terms of like, obviously, we know our bodies break down as we get older, but mm -hmm. it's a little bit different when you're talking about peak performance and then getting that taken away and having to adjust your body. Um, that, that's just that's wild, man. Yeah. Please hit that like button. Thanks. Perplexed damage. She says hit the the fans of uh, hit the like fans of the wisdom. <laughs> it's true. Uh, my man's full of it. Um, and uh, and perplexed damage gave us a uh, shout out to him. He gave us uh, the recommendation to talk about trash talk and who some of the best uh, sons trash talkers were, would be. And, and we're going to talk about not only that, but also the NBA. But Eddie, yesterday, um, I will I will fully admit that I completely fucked up. Um, but uh, I this is the graphic of, of who I have listed as the top eight trash talkers in the NBA. Uh, as you can see, there's a glaring omission here. Uh, and I had this to kind of defend myself. How did you leave your buddy, Eddie Johnson, off your list? <laughs> this better be on outside shots on Thursday because Eddie <laughs> is going to eviscerate Saul and show him what true trash talking is. I can't I get, tell if I, he's like excited for it or if that's like an I immediately regret. This I think he decision. forgot. No, <laughs> it, uh, number one, I did forget. Uh, number two, I get shit talked by Eddie every single week. It's not anything new, so I'm not. I'm not. I'm not worried about Eddie. No. Uh, I, you know, Eddie, obviously you're not worried Eddie, about Eddie, me. I fully admit that I screwed that up, and you should have been. You should have been in the top at least two or three. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think anybody talked better trash than I did. Really? Oh no, you don't see. So, so not it, within the sun. So, so not in the sun's uniform. No. So, so this is one of the things I said. So, uh, let's bring up the list again, uh, Emma. My list. Um, so, one of the things that that I made sure of was that these guys not only talked on the court, but I feel like they would back it up. Um, maybe Chris Paul not so much, but. Um, and, and and everybody had Charles like two or three on their list. They had Devin Booker actually at the top in most of these lists. Um, and I did not agree with that because Charles talking shit in his era, he had to back it up because dudes would fight you on the court. Whereas in today's NBA, you don't really have that as much. Dudes aren't really trying to throw down. You know what I mean? Charles fought Shaq for crying out loud. Like he was about that life. Uh, so I felt like it was a little bit of a different era. It's the same well, thing with you. Yeah, but you it's know. a balance, though, Saul, because, like, you can talk junk but not be belligerent to the point where the guy actually wants to fight. Like, me and X, man, we used to talk junk all the time. I had him on my list. Yeah. We used to talk all the time. When he played at Seattle and I played with the Suns, we, I mean, seriously, we'd go back and forth. It never led to a fight. 
uh, was he capable of wanting to fight somebody? Yeah, he got into fights. Did I want to fight? No. If I had to fight, yes, I would have, okay? Without a doubt. He would have found out that hey, I'm not easy pickings, okay? So, but I wasn't always looking. I, the result of me talking trash was not that the guy would get so ticked off he'd want to fight me. Because I would never, like, I wouldn't say nothing about his mama. I said something about, I said something about, uh, I think I said something to X like that because he was just going really belligerent. <laughs> and I remember I, I went up over and I shot a jumper and I jumped so high. I remember the shot like he was like, he was here. I was just, and I looked down at him as I was shooting. I was like, yo, mama, shot. Because <laughs> he ticked me off because I think he had hit me with the elbow to play before. But uh, normally when I talk junk, it was more basketball engaged, mm -hmm. meaning like I walked past the bench. I remember the time that I was, that I had dropped 43 and a half on the Clippers and I walked past Gene's shoe. And if people want to see it, because I'm, I'm not in Wait, you had 43 and a half? Yeah. Against the Clippers? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. And it's on, it's on YouTube. You can find it out. You can look at it. You can find it. But, but uh, Gene's shoe was the coach and he had been running in, like only had two points at halftime. So I had 45 total, only had two at half, 43 Damn. in the second half. Okay. So he, I, I was running, I was walking past their bench and he was trying to run in different defenders on me to guard me, Danny Manning, uh, you know, then he had uh, Charles Smith, he had Gondrzak, he played for the Suns, I think. I mean, he was running all kind of people in. And I finally went past the bench, I said, Gene, I worn out all of them. So where are you gonna go to CBA to get somebody else? <laughs> he that pissed him off. <laughs> I mean, he put guys in to try to hurt me. So that was the kind of stuff. Like Jerry Sloan, I walked past Utah bench. I'm like Jerry, seriously, is this gonna be this easy for me tonight? <laughs> hey, you, what? Get somebody in here to guard me, man. And I'm by their bench. So get somebody in here to guard me. They all looking at me they would be laughing because it wasn't like, I would really like, you know, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like, it's kind of like fun in a sense. Only one time did I make a mistake and I apologize for it. One time, Lonnie Shelton, you all can look up Lonnie Shelton, look him up, you'll see how big he was. We were playing in Cleveland and Lonnie was a good defender. And that's why I was talking junk to him. But I was wearing his ass out. <laughs> it was, I mean, it wasn't nothing he can do. I mean, I'm just throwing up junk, you know, and people that know that about me, they always think I was just a jump shooter. Uh -huh. No, 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 I had stuff. I would get to the rim and I'd left hand, throw stuff up, it goes in. That was part of my game. And I'm just throwing stuff up on him because he's trying to take the jump away. And Lenny Wilkins took him out. And I walked past the bench. I said, Lenny, if you put that fat on me again, I'm gonna destroy him again. Uh -oh. And I pointed at him. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> His teammates started laughing. And for about five plays, I ran up and down the court. And I would look over at their bench and he would be on the bench, he'd be like, Ha, 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 ha.
And so I told LaSalle Thompson, who was my bodyguard, <laughs> I said, Tank, he going to try to hurt me when he get back in, man. Just, I'm just telling you, man, that dude, look at him. He, and he, he wasn't even watching the game. He was just watching you. He was watching me. Uh-oh. Yeah. Man, this dude got back in the game. I felt a whiff go past my head. Like, I mean, he literally tried to knock me out with his elbow because he had the ball and I was in the vicinity. He just, and I was like, I, I got out the way. Then another time down, he tried to come set up screen and I could just see him just motoring at me. He was, he didn't care if it was offensive foul or not. I kind of fell down out the way and I looked at him. And so I got a rebound the last time and he just whacked me. He just like came across my head, just whacked me. And I played it off. And so we on the free throw line, we standing next to each other. And I said, I turned to him. I said, Lonnie. <laughs> he said, what, Mo? I said, I'm sorry, man. I apologize. I went a little too far. I said, you know how I am. You know I respect your game, man. I apologize. <laughs> this is doing the game. No shit. Man, look. And he just he looked at me. He said, okay, we good now. Let's go. And we played. That was it. That was it. I am telling you, man. Wow. He, he scared me, man. I, I <laughs> that was the only time playing basketball that in the NBA where like Charles Oakley went at me one time. He told me, Eddie, don't you hit me anymore. I swear I'm gonna knock your ass in the stands. And I said, "All right, Charles, we good." Because <laughs> Charles, but Oakley, yeah, no, but nobody but wanted Charles to liked Charles me Oakley. though. But I don't think Charles would have hit me. Yeah, like he and I had a good relationship, man. Mm -hmm. He always went out of his way to speak to me and my family. I don't think he would have hit me, but Lonnie, man, yeah, well, it didn't stop me from talking junk. Yeah, Larry Bird taught me how to talk junk, man. Yeah. I like, I get in guys' heads, man. I felt sorry one time for a guy, Malik Sealy, who's not here anymore. And you know, he got oh, yeah, an injury too, yeah. early in his career, got, you know, in a car accident and lost his life. But in his rookie year, I was in Indiana and I'm just punking him. I'm hitting him, throwing him all over the court, talking junk to him. How did you get in the league, dude? Like, really? I mean, I'm just throwing you everywhere, man. You got any heart in you? What's wrong with you? He wouldn't say a word. Uh -huh. And I went to the bench and I felt so bad, man. I was like, and this dude not even talking back, man. I, and I just watched him and he was struggling. I got back on the court. I, I was with free throw line. Everybody was down there. And I purposely went down to the other end where he was. I said, Malik, hey man, I was just messing with you. But don't you ever let anybody do what I just did to you, man. Yeah. For three minutes. Dude, you can play. And he just looked at me. He said, man, I got respect for you, man. You're a veteran, man. I grew up watching you. <laughs> I mean, I could have cried on the court. <laughs> I mean, like, I say, man, we good, man. Trust me. If, yeah. We're good, dude. I was just messing with you. And I mean, so you have to be careful with it. But, man, yeah. Try it, man. It, it was, you got to get in people's head. I get yeah. in your head before the show every, every time. <sighs> okay. All right. Well, we, I, well tell me, uh, you know, we, you talked about Larry Bird. Was he the best trash talker you've ever come across? Best, best, not because close. he did it in different levels, right? Not, uh, well, I don't know about different levels. He didn't care. 
my rookie year, I walk out for the jump ball. I'm like, okay. The veterans warned me. Say, Eddie, don't pay, don't listen to him. Just, just ignore him. I go out for the jump ball in Boston Garden. Cotton starts me. And I'm just sitting there. I'm trying to not – and he walks out on the court, and he just walks out, and he just – he leans over his knees, and he just looks at me. He didn't say a word. He just looked. And I noticed he was looking, but I didn't want to look back at him. <laughs> so the officials, they something happened with the clock, so they had to go back and do something with the clock. And I'm like, and he, and he finally stands up and he looks over at Cot. Hey, Cot, are you serious? It's quiet. And Boston got, are you serious? And Cot would just look at, you got the audacity to put this. MF on me and he looks at me I am going to destroy you <laughs> all the players are around the circle and they just laughing I'm just like I'm not I mean he said I am going to destroy you how dare you come out here and think you're going to guard me I'm like I was like officials would you hurry up and get out <laughs> so finally I had enough like I'm from Chi-Town man I ain't taking that man <laughs> <laughs> Finally, he kept talking and kept talking. I turned him. I said, well, MF, bring it. Just bring it then. I'm not going anywhere. That's I guarantee he, you that. I'm that, not going anywhere. That's when he knew. And he just wore my ass yep, out. That's when he knew. <laughs> but he wore me out. I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Man, wore me out. I got the best of him about three weeks later, though. But he wore me out. Three weeks later, he came to Kansas City, and he started that same stuff. I said, I got something for you this time. Don't worry about it. So doing the game, I had it going. He was wearing me out too, obviously, but I had it going. And I said, I'm gonna get his butt. Gave him an up fake, and he went up for it. Pop! Hit him and laid it in, bust his mouth. And we're on the free throw line. And he said, okay, all right. We, we got that, we got that going now too, right? I didn't say nothing to him. Shot the first free throw. Second free throw, he kind of delayed it because he went in after the free throw and held the ball. And that's what they'll do. Held the ball and he looked at it and the official asking for it. He took his time and he threw it to the official. And then he looks at me, say, you can't guard nobody. You can't defend nobody. All you can do is score. I say, but I can bust your damn mouth. Look at you bleeding. And he didn't like that. <laughs> he came in the locker room after the game. And I was like, okay, something's gonna jump off here. He walks over to Jerry Reynolds, who was at Indiana State when he was there. Walks over to him like he talking to Jerry. He wasn't talking to Jerry. He leaves Jerry, walks back past me. I'm ready to get up and go, because I don't know what he's gonna do. He reaches into his pocket, throws me his keys. Why don't you meet me at the hotel tonight? We can finish it. And I was like, yeah, right. And Parrish and Mikhail gonna be around the corner ready to help your ass. And he looked at me and he started laughing. And he said, I like you. And he left out. <laughs> true story. Oh, man. Larry Bird. Man. That's a true story, Larry man. Bird. I mean, That's that crazy. dude, man, he, he taught me. The, every time I see him after that, I said, man, you taught me. Uh, just be playing against you and how you talk to people. It was just, you remember you talked to Dr. J like that. Dr. J punched him. Oh, I have a picture of that. I still have the picture in my house yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. He's crazy. Man, nonstop, man. But nobody would know it but you and him. Mm -hmm. or a few teammates. He wasn't like, like these guys today. They hauled into the crowd and do that. No, no. Yeah. 
he just literally would just whisper to you and tell you what he's doing to you. That's the worst kind. Yeah. Because it's like psychological warfare. Yeah. Like, do y'all hear this? No, nobody can hear it. It's just you and me. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I mean, after a story like that, you probably need some OGs. Uh, it's just to get your mind right again. Listen, OGs is the best edible in the game. OGsbrands.com. Check it out. Uh, you can check that out for your closest dispensary near you. So you can go check out the fruits, the creams, all the yummy gummies that you could ever want. Uh, you got the RSOs, the CB, uh, the happy balance, I should say, which is the one to one THC CBD ratio, so on, so forth. F- tremendous edibles. You got the indica, indicas, sativas, um, check them out. OGsbrands.com. And remember you must be over the age of 21 to enjoy. And right now, if you use promo code PHNX, you can do any online order for the flower shop and get, save up to 15% on your uh, edibles so that's terrific there you go um all right uh ej we talked about working out earlier and we talked about uh the team but i was kind of curious again this is kind of a palate cleanser mm-hmm. i was kind of curious if you were back in the if you were if you were uh, an athlete right now would your instagram game be up to par would you be posting videos of you working out would you be no. that kind of dude no. No? I was very secretive of what I did. If somebody wanted to work out with me, fine. But I never posted. I wouldn't have posted anything like that. No. I just wouldn't have. I might have talked junk like on, you know, on X, you know, but uh, I would not have been showing videos. No. Okay. All right. I was just kind of curious because uh, a lot of people, a lot of guys post uh, They do. Post well, workouts. Well, they but, know how to market themselves. I mean, well, like, yeah, and that's part of marketing, too. But uh, but the, the problem with it is is it's it's kind of fooled the public into thinking if you're not posting those kind of workouts, then are you working out? Because yeah. they can't see it, which yeah. is the stupidest not, shit I've it's, ever it's, heard. It's dumb. It's dumb. I didn't, I, I didn't want people to see what I was doing. Why? I'm, I, want, I want something that I want to, like, you know, surprise you with. Yeah. I don't want to. No. Uh, not at all. Okay. I ain't Again, it was just a topic. I was kind of curious. I was like, you know, I see all these Instagram videos of all these people, and I was wondering if, if uh, well, what you, you know, what a lot of that, that is a lot of that is insecurity. Insecurity, absolutely. It's just insecurity, man, and and that's why they do it. You know, it's like they're not getting enough attention. They just want some more. Uh, but then too, it's marketing. Like these guys, the one thing I'll tell, I'll say about these young guys, they're a lot smarter than we were when we played. Uh, they're a little bit more engage with their money. Uh, they understand uh, investment angles. Uh, it's just, and rightly so, you're supposed to be better, yeah. at, right? I mean, the schooling is better than it was when we went to school. That's when I went to school. Well, so I mean, You went to Illinois though, so of course no, everything well, else is well, better than that. Really, <laughs> Illinois is one of the top <laughs> universities in the country. Okay. And yours truly got his degree in four years. All right. In history. One of the most difficult curriculum because you got to read. History is? Oh, you got to, are you kidding me? You got to read. You well, you book. got to read, period. No, no, no. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Because I got to. No, 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 no. You didn't let me finish it. You didn't let me finish it. I guarantee you, you weren't reading 10 books a class. Okay. If I was taking five classes, I'm reading 10 books a freaking semester. I guarantee you that. And I'm talking about these kind of books. You weren't doing that. Pal, guarantee you. No, because everything was and online. And most of our tests, they weren't multiple choice either. We had to do essays. 
Okay, we had to freaking do IDs. We had to we had to take tests based on our memory. Okay, that stuff not easy. You just go to class, take a little multiple choice test, and probably go <laughs> looking over looking over what? at your friend's <laughs> paper. Hey what man, what's that? Is that A or B? Oh my god! If you're taking a history test, you can't cheat. Think about it. You can't. How can you? Because somebody's gonna give you the answer. They literally have to like talk to you through it, like. Yeah, this ID, man. Yeah, this such and such. He did this. He's from this era, blah, blah, blah. How you going to cheat? Multiple choice? Oh, yeah. You just, you just, <laughs> I don't in know. In history, you can't. You got to write an essay. How are you going <laughs> to cheat doing an essay in, in a test? I'm over here writing an essay. Well, somebody going to be like, copying every essay word I got? No, that's plagiarism. Emma, it's, it's Emma you are going to school right now as we speak, finishing up her, her bachelor's degree. No, engineering is Whoa, 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 engineering whoa, 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 Engineering is different. No, you said, you said, said. one of the most difficult. Okay, but let me, let, me, most let me ask this question, though. One let of me the ask most. this question. One of the most. Emma, how many multiple choice qu uh, uh, quizzes, tests have you ever had in school. Well, that's math, okay? She's an engineer. I oh said- Oh my God, she has to take more subjects than just engineering. No, but that, those subjects she's taking are just basic subjects that just lead her to an engineer. Again, did you have to take I multiple to choice questions? I had to yeah. take history as a major. You have to take multiple choice questions, but there's also like the written question. It's, it's just like a part of- It's a of, combination. It's a combination. Yeah. Right. It's, a, it's a part but of- But in history, it was more so the essays and, and the written stuff, okay? Barely, when you got past your junior, senior year, you were doing freaking multiple choice tests, okay? In history, barely. Okay, you had to you had to learn how to use your mind and your memory. Engineering is one of the most difficult curriculum. Oh, I know known that. man. So I'm not saying that history was. Better I mean, than you you said history was one of the one most. One of them because it's laborious. I'm not saying it's like difficult to like you would be able to do it. I'm saying laborious, like okay. takes up your time. No, we sure. That's, I, I that's that. what okay. I mean. Okay, okay. okay. Right. not it, saying that it's you know, time consuming. Yes, I got you. without a okay. doubt. All right. Yes, All right. I was like, and wait. I didn't have time. I'm playing ball. I'm getting up, going to practice at seven in the morning. Then got to go to class. Then after that, I got practice. Then got study hall, and I'm fatigued. Mm -hmm. You went to class. You know, you, you're sleeping all day. <laughs> My you're God, the up, slander. Not, I the mean, slander. What do you mean sleeping, you're sleeping all day? You sleeping all day. You're getting what the up. Fuck do you think? I mean, they ain't getting you up that early. Nah, not at the small school you went to. Y'all was probably. The going small on school I went to? What are you talking about? I went to the University of Arizona. Well, you didn't play and ball. And Kansas State you University. You didn't play ball at Arizona. So when no, you went to Arizona, true. when you went to Arizona, you wasn't playing ball. You yeah. sleep all day. Yeah, but day. he was covering ball. Yeah. He I was covering what? He wasn't running. He wasn't oh tired God. and fatigued. He was still up Listen, with I'm not. I'm not going to defend uh, when I was a student athlete at South Mountain Community College because I didn't really take school seriously at that point, and and the classes were kind of a joke anyway. So, like, uh, no, no disrespect to South Mountain Community College is a tremendous institution, but like at the time I was there, I did not give a shit about anything. So it was a little I mean, different. You, you were basically on a cane when you went to school to, to Arizona. If, you were, and were, you were 20 years older than I am. You were 30-something years old when you went to Arizona. You was on a cane. I was 34. They, people were walking you across the street. Oh, my God, Eddie. Eddie, if they're walking <laughs> me across the street, what are they doing with you? No, no. I know that. I'm saying, <laughs> but I was at Illinois in my 20s. 
I was sprinting across the street. <laughs> oh my you god! Was, I you was literally Arizona ten years older than you when you, you were in Arizona college. in your thirties, man. They were helping you across the oh street, man. Oh my god! You don't. You cannot tell me them kids wasn't saying, "Sir." No, they weren't. Because they looked at me as one of their peers. Because I'm cool like that, folks. I'm just, <laughs> that's just what it is. <laughs> hey, oh sir. My goodness. The teachers was calling you, sir. Yeah. Uh, sir, what do you want to do? <laughs> no. oh, Jesus. All right. Well, I applaud you for going back to school. <laughs> well, I that leads you. us into our next subject because uh, Eddie's leaving again. So thank God uh, he's going on vacation. Going to Chicago. Are you going to Chicago? Yeah, I'm going to Chicago for a couple of days. Or then, I just then go in and dart out. And I'm going down to Indiana, little golf tournament. Okay. Yeah. All right. Any any special occasion? Mike Woodson's golf tournament is down there, so okay. I get a chance to go see my boy. Uh, and uh, no, country? not about Chicago. I should stay an extra day and watch the Bears open up, but I'm not. I'm just gonna come back here. Okay. All right. Well, the Cubs are gonna be here. I know. That's why I'm coming back. Oh, okay. That's why right. I'm coming back. Are we going to the game? I didn't tell the other. I didn't tell everybody. That's why I was coming back a day early. Are we going to the game? The 9th and the 10th, right? Uh, they play, what, they play 7th? Yeah, I think it's next weekend. Yeah, you got to get us tickets. You got me, you got me tickets? You can get us tickets. Well, I, I can get tickets, too. There you go. All right, see how that works? All right. Well, uh, listen, that's going to be a fun series because both teams are in the playoff race. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. good. Um, it's pretty cool. Yep. Uh, thank you all for joining us on another episode of uh, Outside Shots. We'll be back again next week at some point, either Wednesday or Thursday, I assume. Uh, yes, early in the morning. These will be the normal times from now on, 8.30 in the morning, because EJ likes to you know, wake Get up, up early, at the, man. I got things to do. Yeah, he, he wants to go early. So uh, we, we accommodate him because that's what we do for all our guests. Um, thanks to Emma for producing this. Uh, as always, you can follow my guy on Twitter. Uh, I'm always going to call it Twitter. Jump shot eight. Jump shot eight. Yep. Instagram, jump shot eight. And then listen to a show every day, one to four. Serious XM. NBA Today show, all right, uh, Pacific time, because we're here Pacific time right now, uh, one to four every day, three hours a day. Uh, my co-host, Justin Termini, is back off vacation. If you want to hear some people scream at each other, tune in today. It's going to be really loud. There you go. Um, I uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Saul underscore Bookman. Uh, I'm going to throw EJ my keys because we're going to go meet in the back. Why is we'll see you until later. There's a lot of